you may have realized that being healthy feels different than it did in the past now that you're over 50. If you want to maximize your health potential but don't have time to read through overwhelming pages of Google links, this is the show for you. Welcome to Healthy Tips After 50. We love doing the research, finding solutions, talking to health experts, and learning what works and what doesn't. Now, your host. She spent the last 25 years dedicated to feeling her best and is here to share her best findings with you, Susan Rosen. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Susan Rosen. And my guest today is Sarah Hanna Silverstein. I hope I got that okay. And um, she is going to be talking to us about um, herbs and a whole lot of other things that are very interesting and not the normal, you know, go see your MD and, and get taken care of. And so I'm going to let Sarah, Sarah, sorry, um, introduce herself because it's a lot more interesting than me doing it. So welcome, Thank Sarah you, Hanna. Thank you, Susan. So I'm Sarah Hanna Silverstein, and I help people safely integrate herbal botanical medicine into their lives. So I am a book author of the book Moodtopia, Tame Your Moods, De-Stress, and Find Balance Using Herbal Remedies, Aromatherapy, and More. I do TV segments across the U.S. for all the networks. And my whole goal is to empower people to use herbs and spices in their lives to feel more emotionally balanced, to feel stronger, to have less aches and pains. So to start out, I'm not against conventional medicine. I believe that herbal medicine is complementary and it does complement. Um, some mm-hmm. of my kids went to medical school, daughter-in-laws. So we definitely are not anti-medicine. We just yeah. know that conventional medicine is phenomenal in acute care. But when they put you on a statin for high cholesterol, no one's talking about how to get off of it. If you go on blood pressure medicine, which can save lives, there's no question, but there's no discussion of let's do it for the next six months and reevaluate. So that is not great for a lot of people because sometimes the side effects of pharmaceuticals end up being worse than the original condition. So when you work with a master herbalist, and I'm a master herbalist in the classical homeopath, I want to work with your doctors, with your cardiologists, and I want to understand, and I must understand in depth, what the pharmaceuticals are that you're taking. And then I'm going to help integrate plant-based botanical medicines that will help either alleviate the side effects if you must take this medicine or... If you're on the medicine for a short period of time, I'm going to teach you with the approval of your doctor how to then branch over into botanical plant-based medicines. If you're not on any medications yet, then plant-based medicine is phenomenal to help keep your blood thin, to help keep your muscles strong and help with your digestion. Okay. Well, my goodness, I don't know. I mean, I Sounds like that's sounds like we're complete. We can <laughs> say goodbye. <laughs> Except we want to talk, Susan, about the plants I know, and how I know. they're I'm created. <laughs> well, not and not just that, and how and how they do work together. Yes, you know, either yes. on their own or together, and um, you know, and and how there are people, not just you, but other people like you as well in in other places if they do want to find somebody in person. Although Zoom, I would think, probably does just as good yes. these days. Yes. Um, but, you know, 
that this is not a new subject. This is not a new. Um, it's bringing ancient you know, it's, wisdom yeah. back to the modern person. So this is not new medic. This is not new knowledge. The yeah. problem is it's gotten lost along the way. But mm. plant-based medicine has been used. We have documentation for the last 5,000 years. Yeah. We had midwives in every community, and they took care of women's health, men's health, pediatrics. They were also bone setters. And they mm -hmm. say that if you want to heal a person, see what grows around them. So I'm from Brooklyn, New York, and I was taking a class in Midtown Manhattan with a master herbalist. I was not yet a master herbalist myself. And she said... If you want to heal a person, see what grows around them. So I was like, uh, uh. I was like, have you been to Brooklyn? We have like fire escapes, dog poop, lots of cars. We have a lot of garbage. Like, which thing are we using to help heal people? She said, Sarahana, open your eyes and gave me a book, a Peterson guide to medicinal herbs. So I took a walk around my neighborhood. And within the first block, I found five medicinal plants growing. Now, wow. I'm not necessarily going to make my medicine for my clients from herbs grown in Brooklyn, but I couldn't believe it. Like right out in front of my house is a ginkgo tree. Really? Now, ginkgo has been used for generations. Oh, ginkgo yeah. is a very interesting plant. Usually we harvest the plants in the spring or the summer if we're using root Base, but we're using the root of a plant, we'll then harvest it more in the fall. But it's interesting with ginkgo because when the leaves are green, they're not as medicinal as when they turn yellow. So it's an exception for a leaf plant when we use it and make it into medicine. Ginkgo is phenomenal because it helps with memory. It yeah. circulates blood to the tips of your fingers, to the tips of your toes, up to the top of your head. It also helps with asthma. So if you live in a place like Brooklyn, I mean, who doesn't have trouble breathing with all the cars? And who doesn't feel a little bit foggy? I mean, it never really gets dark oh, here because yeah, there's lights on, there's sirens all the time. So what a perfect plant to have growing right here in the middle of Brooklyn, ginkgo. And it's medicinal. And if I needed to, if all the pharmacies shut down, everything closed down, and I had clients that really had asthma or really had circulatory problems, I could go out there and make them a medicine, which is phenomenal. Very interesting in Puerto Rico, when they lost power for over a year, there was an herbalist that went there and she literally like brought two suitcases worth of herbs because remember, there was no electricity for months and months. There were people that were on blood pressure medicine, on statins, and she went wow. from neighborhood to neighborhood, taught them what grew in the area, how oh, to wow. turn it into medicine, because where were they going to get medicine? They were yeah. poor people. And to she wrote just to start with, and she wrote amazing articles about how when people learned to identify the plants in their neighborhood, process them, make them into a tea or tincture, which you talk about, they healed just by being able to be empowered to heal themselves. And she said it was a phenomenon to see. Oh, I bet. I bet. <clears throat> yeah. That, and, and so much fun besides, you know. Absolutely. So mm. in Brooklyn, around the corner, I found another plant called mullen. Uh -huh. Mullen is yeah. a plant that grows beautifully in 
really rotten environments, like on the side of roads in alleyways. And the leaves are beautiful and they have this beautiful fuzz to them. They're soft and and delicate. They also help with lung infections, different than asthma, chronic bronchitis. If you get pneumonia, you can drink mullein tea, you can make it in tincture. And the flowers are this gorgeous yellow flower that Mm. you can make into an oil and you can put it in children's ears or behind children's ears for ear infections. So growing in an alleyway already, there's two phenomenal plants growing. Wow. Huh. Yeah, I wish I wish when I was growing up, we knew about melon. Huh. All the kids in my yeah. family had ear infections like crazy. Right, right, right. <laughs> so around yeah. the next corner was uh-huh. a plant called elderflower. Now we all know about elderberry. Elderberry is a great vitamin C. It mm-hmm. is an herb that we tend to mix with other herbs. It's not so strong. It's much more of a gentle vitamin C, Mm -hmm. but the flower before the berry grows is a natural antihistamine. So all those kids that have the ear infections, usually the congestion starts in the nose. They don't know how to blow their nose. They inhale it back. It goes in the eustachian tubes and elderflower is a natural antihistamine. So it helps with fall allergies and spring allergies. So here's these plants growing all around me, Susan. My mind was completely blown. I was young and dumb and didn't understand. And like, I couldn't believe street after street, there were these amazing plants growing everywhere I looked. Oh, yeah. Wow. How fun. So then what did you do? Fun and helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then the next block, I found a plant called plantain, not the banana. It's a plantain plant. It grows close to the ground. It's considered the green band-aid. So if you're out there hiking and you trip and fall on a rock and you scrape your knee, you can take the plantain leaf, crunch it in your hand, put it over the skin knee, and it will prevent infection and help it heal. So everywhere I looked were these amazing medicinal plants. And this is why I do podcasts now and TV shows Mm -hmm. to empower people to understand. So if you're intimidated by herbs, you don't know how to use them. You can read my book, Moodtopia, which is an amazing book. And I go herb by herb. This book is primarily about moodiness. If you're grumpy, if you're sad, if you feel overwhelmed, it's really wonderful. But you can also start with spices. If you don't feel you want to understand about herbs yet, putting paprika, which has lots of antioxidants, just Mm. add paprika to your chicken or to your fish, turmeric, which we've seen in clinical studies, they are really looking into it to reduce cancer growth. So I'm not going to say it's the cure for cancer, but turmeric, you should put that in with your food. Dill is cooling for the system. If you feel fiery, if you've got eczema, if you feel like you overheat too quickly, dill is cooling and soothing. And parsley is phenomenal for the bladder. If you have an overactive bladder, you have a swollen prostate, add more parsley. So even just our spices are actually medicinal, put in a little more than you ordinarily would, and you're going to start healing yourself while you're eating your dishes. 
America became very bland in the 1950s and even to the 60s. You know, the food became very bland. We know Indian food is as many more spices in it. Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure that we include those spices because besides making the food taste better, adding curry can help as an expectorant to get any extra mucus out of your lungs or your sinuses. What helps with dry skin? Dry skin, you want to do all the oils. You want to take the oils internally, fish oil, flaxseed oils. So we really, you know, for a while, Americans especially, we got very confused about fats. Are fats good? Are fats not good? Well, Mm -hmm. what happened is when you have a hydrogenated fat, that is not good. But plant-based fats are really good for us. Flaxseed, evening primrose oil, borage Mm -hmm. oil. So if you have dry skin, the number one thing is to take in good, healthy oils. And the importance about oils is they really help with the brain. So I have a whole workshop on brain health. So I started what is called Moodtopia Academy. And anybody can join. And by the way, I forgot to tell you, I'm going to have a printout for your listeners on my website. It's sarahana.com. And you just go under free handouts. And you're going to find some handouts about brain health and emotional stability and a natural first aid kit, which they can download for free. And I have a whole lecture on brain health. And, you know, the truth is we really need to start concentrating on it more. We need to especially, I mean, from the age of 30 on, we should be making sure that we're keeping our brain as sharp as possible. Mm -hmm. And herbs and good oils are specifically important. So I brought an herb called Bacopa. Bacopa is an herb that they use in India. They use it in Ayurvedic medicine. Not sure if you can see it. And bacopa is specific for brain fog. Ginkgo, which we discussed, is also, but bacopa is also an herb you can take daily. It's called an adaptogen. An adaptogen Uh is what, it kind of helps whatever part of the body needs it. And it helps you feel more focused and able to concentrate better. Okay. Okay. I think I tried bacopa at some point. I think I have a bottle of it here somewhere. It wasn't liquid. It See, wasn't you liquid. forgot whether you tried it. You definitely need that. Yeah, no, no. It, I think because I just, I remember I was clearing out the cupboard the other day. I was like, oh yeah, the Bacopa. Okay. Yeah. No, I think I had a bad reaction to it, but that's typical for me. I have bad reactions to half of what I eat and, and, and take. <laughs> so it's rare to have a bad reaction to Bacopa, but anybody uh-huh. could have a reaction to you know, a strawberry or a blueberry. So I used to be allergic to strawberries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. Oh, so yeah. if you want to work on your memory, one of the amazing things for your memory is becoming aware of your surroundings. For instance, mm. we all kind of live in a daze. We're all kind of rushing and we're going mm. from our car to our next appointment. What's mm. amazing, Susan, is to start to get in the habit of noticing, pretend like you're a detective, pretend like you're a CIA agent or a spy. I always tease my clients as we age. When you come into a room, Susan, you should see, where's my escape route? How many windows are in the room? How many doors are there? Look at the color of the walls. 
Look at the carpet or the wood. Look at the ceiling. And it keeps your mind sharp rather than just going from one activity to the next. It's called 360 awareness. I speak about it in Utopia because Uh I think it's very important. Even kids with ADD, they're just kind of all over the place. You should say, you know, how many plants are in the room? It's kind of like, where is Wally or whatever that phenomenon was. But we can do that in our day. And if you're concerned about your memory, concerned Uh about remembering things, taking Bacopa or Ginkgo is really, or rosemary, which is what I want to discuss. The Uh spice rosemary is specific for brain health. You can get rosemary in an essential oil. And if you're going Uh into a business meeting or you're studying, you can put a couple drops of rosemary right in the palm of your hand, inhale it. My students love it. And it'll really help you be more focused. And one of my Uh teachers used to say that you can get rosemary in a tincture and take about 10 drops of it diluted once or twice a day, and it will help with memory. So if you're struggling with memory, it's ginkgo, bacopa, or rosemary, or all three together, breathing in some essential oils that create blood flow and doing 360 awareness. And my clients within a couple of weeks really see a difference, Susan. They're like, wow, "Wow, it's so weird. I've gone shopping at this grocery store, at this fruit market for the past five years. I didn't even notice that they had like blue curtains. It's really an important thing to understand your environment. And and before when we lived, you know, as indigenous people, we had to be aware. Was there a lion? Was there a jaguar? You know, was yeah. this this bush poisonous? We had to be more aware. And now I find most of my clients just kind of float through their days and they're not so sharp. So their brains mm. won't remain sharp. Okay. No, it makes a lot of sense. That definitely makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll have to try that. I have to try that. 360 awareness. And I want to tell everybody how we Mm -hmm. make an herb because I think that's really important. Oh, yeah. So I've used the word tincture many different times. So this is a tincture. It's an herb Uh in a liquid form. Okay. And this herb will have a 10-year shelf life. Pharmaceutical companies do not really want you to know that this herb, Gouda Cola, which also helps with sharpness of your mind, will have a 10-year shelf life. So what herbalists have done for years is we have different plants, plants that 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 we're going to harvest in the spring, the summer, the fall, and the winter. We couldn't have all plants pop up at the same time, Susan. We'd lose our mind. We would not be able to make all these plants into medicine. So here's a root. This is uh-huh. actually a um, ginseng. Okay. And here I've got a flower called lavender. Mm -hmm. And here I've got rose petals. Okay. So if I keep them in this form, they're going to dry out pretty quickly and lose their potency. I'll have it in this dried form for about one season. But if I take the plant and put it in a grain alcohol and put it in a glass jar and let it sit for four to six weeks, I will have what is called the tincture. I'll take it out of this glass. I will strain it and I will then have a tincture. Now, how we take herbs is we take a shot glass like this. We take a tincture like this. 
For those of you that are just listening, it's just a liquid. And we shoot it in the shot glass, add a little bit of grape juice or cranberry juice, and down it like vodka. Boom. Very easy, very quick. You can literally take this bottle and carry it everywhere you go. So let's say you're dealing with anxiety. Let's say you're struggling with anxiety. You don't want to take Ativan. You don't want to take Clonopin. You almost need it, but you, you're saying, I want to see what else I can do. So you can get an herb called Skullcap. Skullcap is for nervous anxiety. You can get a little small bottle like this. You can keep it in your tummy pack, your backpack, your briefcase. And as that anxiety kicks in, you can take a shot of it throughout the day. You can take it once a day, three times a day, or up to five times a day. If you want to take it preventatively, you're like, you know, I don't want to get to the point where I really panic, but I'm going through a lot. Someone could be going through a divorce. They could have just started a new job. They could have had to relocate. So many reasons to be anxious. So many, they could have a parent that's not well, a child that's not well, God forbid. You're just going through normal anxiousness. Taking skullcap preventatively twice a day will lower your cortisol levels. So we get anxious when our cortisol levels get too high. It's really a physiological response. So taking an herb like skullcap can lower it. Now, let's say you're a tea drinker. If you say, Sarahana, I want to take the herb the way that it is. You can on Amazon for like 10, 15 bucks buy. This is a glass jar. It's got a filter on top up here, which I love. You can fill it with an herb like ginkgo or skullcap or gouda cola, which I just discussed also helps if you have a foggy mind. Put some honey in it, pour some hot water and carry this around and sip on it throughout the day. If you want to have a tea, a medicinal tea on your desk, you can buy a beautiful little teapot like this. Mm, it's got mm -hmm. the filter on the inside. So when I'm working with a client, it depends. Are they neurotic type A personality working three jobs, having too many kids or running around? I'm going to for sure give them a tincture. Quick, fast, takes one minute. You could literally, even if you don't have anywhere to dilute it, you could just take it and yeah, drop right. this under yep. your tongue. Yep. And or if you have kids or grandkids, doing mm. it in tincture form is quick and efficient, and you can carry it wherever you want. You can get a two-ounce one and bring it on a plane. If you do like to drink tea and you want to include more medicinal teas into your life, then you can get this wonderful teapot. And we can discuss an herb called nettles. Nettles is an herb that. that has, there you go, high in all the trace vi vitamins and nutrients. I guess you don't have a bad reaction to it. There you go. No, I nettles. don't. In fact, it helps me yeah. with my allergies. It helps me not to have reactions to food. Absolutely. Yeah. So for allergies, we do freeze-dried nettles. There's mm -hmm. one time of the year that it has a natural antihistamine in it. We usually freeze dry it and give it in capsules. If you feel like you're not eating enough salads, your, your diet is not balanced enough, you don't take the time to eat, then I would suggest you do nettle leaf in mm. tea form because the hot water breaks down all oh, the vitamins and nutrients okay. into the water. So some plants are not water soluble, like back to our ginseng, that's a root. Uh. It's not going to be so water soluble. 
it's not going to break down. It's hard. It sits in the ground. It's got a lot of water and snow on it throughout the year. This we'd want a tincture where we put a grain alcohol because it'll break it down. But if we have a plant that has a soft leaf, we can do it in tea form. So there's herbs like lemon balm, which are antiviral and they're calming and soothing. Again, we have that nettles, which we really love because it's nutrients. And let's go to rose petal for a moment. Rose petal helps with broken hearts. Someone that lost their job or their best friend moved away or their child stopped speaking to them for whatever reason. Roses help with broken hearts. You can Mm. do it in tea form or tincture form. So think Mm. about this, Susan. When you go to the hospital, most people bring roses. Why did rose become the popular flower to bring? Because it does help in clinical studies with broken hearts. So we have the patient that's not feeling well, could be very sad and overwhelmed that they're in a hospital bed. You bring them roses and clinical studies show just looking at flowers, just receiving flowers lowers the cortisol stress hormones and make people feel good. But what about the caregivers? We forget about the caregivers, the people that are going to work and then coming to the hospital and visit, making sure the bills are paid. They can also be brokenhearted. So rose tea helps soothe a broken heart. So these plants are here to help us. I mean, who knew all roses are edible except the ones at the florist? All wild roses are edible, every single one, except the ones in the florist, because they add different chemicals and different colorings to make them stay longer and grow bigger. But in the wild, or if you have roses in your backyard, they're Mm -hmm. all edible. Um, the, The rose hip are very high in vitamin C and you can make rose hip tea high in Mm -hmm. vitamin C. You can add it to your chicken, add it to your fish fish. And the rose petals are really when you're going through a hard time. Is that also just the scent that comes out? I mean, that's why everybody loves smelling roses. People love it. So rose essential oil is very expensive. It's Mm -hmm. something like, and don't quote me because I have it written down. It's something like 40 pounds of rose petals make like a quarter ounce of yeah, rose say, essential yeah, oil. Yeah. Pure rose essential oils is expensive. They use it a lot in cosmetics and mm. it is one of the most amazing exotic scents on the planet. Mm-hmm. Breathing them, you know, inhaling a regular rose is also medicinal, but taking it internally in a tea is far uh. more medicinal. It goes in your stomach, into your bloodstream, and it really can help with varicose veins. It can help with a broken heart. It's really amazing. I have to look into that. I don't think I have a lot of varicose. I'm not big on the varicose veins. Not yet. But some of your listeners will Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So, So you can see this is why I do these podcasts. Because I want people to understand that the plants are here to heal us. You know, becoming the industrialized industrialized nation was phenomenal. I mean, I love driving my car. I love my dishwasher. I love my washing machine. Don't get me wrong. I really love modern technology. I love my computers and my cell phones. But these are not so healing to our bodies. 
Whereas even just going out to a park and taking your shoes off and Mm -hmm. standing in the ground will make you feel more rooted and it makes you feel better. So even more so when we bring these plants into our bodies, they heal from the inside out. And I just feel people don't know about it anymore, Susan. I feel people are intimidated by it. There's all these warnings on all these herbs. And and certainly, you know, the big drug companies don't want us to know about these plant-based medicines because, you know, they may lose a little bit of money. You know, if I'm going through a hard time emotionally, let's go to lavender, which I brought up. Lavender is for stuck sadness. We know that lavender essential oil in clinical studies can help if you have sleep challenges. But Uh what's amazing about lavender when you drink it in a tea is if you've held onto the sadness and you need to let it go and move on. You lost a job two years ago and you love the job. And maybe some guy ruined it for you. He lied to the boss. Who knows what it is? And you're still sad. You're like, I can't get over it. So I feel brokenhearted. Here's my roses. But I've got this stuck sadness. Like, I can't get over it. That's where this combination of lavender with rose tea can really help you make peace with it and move on. Wow. Wow. So put it together in the same tea or or separately? Same tea. So when I make an herbal combination for a client, Uh they come to me. So I'm a master herbalist. I do work in person best. I do Skype and Zoom clients all over the world. People are complicated, Susan. They're not just broken hearted. They can be... Yeah, they can be angry, overwhelmed, the biggest sweetie pies in the world, do a lot of kindness, and are constipated. So I can try to find one herb that's going to fit the constipation and the sadness, whatever they're going through. But what I do is I usually mix anywhere from five to seven herbs together in one bottle. Interesting. Okay. So I can treat, maybe they have sinus infections and they get a post-nasal drip in the winter and they tend to get anxious and they're the opposite. They get loose stools. So I'm going to make a combination that they can take two to three times a day over the whole winter season or the fall. And it's going to build them up so they don't get that bronchitis in the winter or that pneumonia that they get every winter or that anxiousness anxiousness they get as it becomes colder and there's less sun out. So when I take a case, I spend an hour and a half with each client. Unfortunately, our doctors get about six minutes. If you get them for 12 minutes, you're in great shape. When I, I mean, I have seven kids. I'm a mother. I have five boys and two girls. And when I would take them to the pediatrician, Susan, I would place my chair right in front of the door and I would sit there and go, okay, I want 14 minutes, not seven. They'd say, Sarah, honey, you know, my schedule. I'm like, I don't come in that often. I have a bunch of questions, but an herbalist takes at the low end an hour and a half at the low end. We want to hear everything about them because people know what's going on. You know, you can say to a doctor, you know, I have pain in my left knee and they're like, oh, saw the MRI. It's no big deal. 
I don't care if you can't see something in the MRI. I'm having pain in my left knee. You know what I mean? Like, it's real. I'm not making it up. So an herbalist is going to take that very seriously. Well, what does the pain feel like? Is it sharp? Is it dull? Is it better when you extend it? Is it worse when you you bend your knee? We really want to know all the details, Susan, because then we're going to give an herbal combination that's specific for that Mm. person. So in my book, Mootopia, I go herb by herb in a separate way. I mention each herb individually, but I do put them together. I tell my clients all the time, it's like a jazz band. Like the saxophone sounds great. The piano sounds great, but you put together three or four instruments and you have this unique sound that you can't get with a single instrument. It's the same thing with herbal medicine. When we combine a bunch of herbs after listening to the person, we're going to get a dynamic mix that's really going to help that person. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. That definitely makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Wow. Sorry. I'm getting overwhelmed. (laughs) I know it's so much information. So Susan, that's why, and this is a reminder. Mm -hmm. If any of your listeners wants to go to sarahana.com that's s-a-r-a-c-h-a-n-a.com i have free handouts and these handouts just give a quick little synopsis of a lot of the topics that we've discussed today Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. i have what is called moodtopia academy where people can join it's only 19 dollars a month and we have two online workshops susan we have Mm -hmm. one big topic we just did a back to school we're going to be doing winter colds and flus we're going to be doing winter moodiness and then we have a q a and if any of your listeners besides listening to all your great information want to join my workshops they're Mm going to really get empowered to understand how to integrate these herbs into their lives we talk about dosage and storage and things we can't get Hmm. into in our podcast today and people of all ages are really enjoying it we're actually doing another workshop on um different different the use of mud and different um um, different pastes. So we used to use mud and we use different pastes topically when people had swollen tonsils or swollen knees from arthritis. And we're going to talk about the topical use of herbs, which is a whole nother discussion. We want to bring them internally, but we also want to know what we can do topically. If we wake up and we have a little TMJ, what kind of a poultice can you put over here to get through the day? So we discussed that also. Interesting. Interesting. No, it sounds great. And I will put all of that um, information into the show notes as well. Thank you, Susan. Thank um, so you. So people want to, they can go there and, and look at it and um, get more information. Yeah. Yes. So, um, yeah. Wow. Just overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so many things to think about. That's so many. Great. The plants are it. here. They're our friends, Susan. They're here to help heal us. I mean, you know, they they can't cure everything. When people come in, I'm like, we have to really analyze what we can palliate. Palliate means just to make it better. What can we cure? And what do we want to make sure it doesn't get worse? So if you already have arthritis, you can't get an herbalist that really knows what they're doing is not going to guarantee that they can get rid of your arthritis, but we can certainly stall Mm -hmm. it from getting worse. 
So that's an important thing to know and taking herbs internally and using different plasters or different poultices externally can really help with that. So I always tell my clients, you still need a doctor, you need an MD, scans, CAT scans, MRI, CT scans, these things are great. They're great. They're here to help us. The question is, do we want to go down the pharmaceutical route? And sometimes we have to. Like if you need a root canal, don't go to your herbalist. Go to your dentist, get the root canal, take an antibiotic, but then maybe come to an herbalist and say, this is my third root canal in the last year. What's going on? And then we can analyze it. Mm -hmm. So we herbalists, master herbalists like myself, want us to help people integrate the benefits from conventional Western medicine with the benefits of botanical herbal medicine. And then you have the best care available, which is sadly missing these days, Susan. It's just not part of our clinics. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's hard enough, hard enough to even get in and or pay for regular medicine. Yes. Yes. Right. You know, let alone going and trying to get those people to talk to the herbalists and, you know, the acupuncturists and the, I mean, there's yes. just so many different modalities out there. So when you work with an herbalist, we love if you can get acupuncture. Like I would mm-hmm. never dissuade a person from going to acupuncture. Oh, no, of course not. If someone can afford massage therapy, I love it. Mm-hmm. What herbalists try to do is educate you about the plants that appear that you need teach you how to use them and then see us herbalists more infrequently. We don't want to have to see you every week and every month. Most of us that are good are just too busy. We can't even, we don't even have the time to see as many clients that reach out to us. But once a person's empowered and they know, let's say five herbs that fit with their dry skin or moist skin or propensity to cavities or not propensity or constipated Mm -hmm. or having loose tools. Once they learn those five or six herbs, they're going to use them the rest of their lives. They're going to say, oh my gosh, I'm going through anxiety. I really need skullcap. And oh my gosh, I've got a new project at work and it's really hard to focus and I'm kind of anxious. So then we're going to use Gouda And then they're going to say, oh my gosh, you know, my best friend moved away and I'm so used to meeting her twice a week for coffee. So you're going to maybe use some rose. So once you learn about a couple herbs, they're yours for the rest of your life. They're not going anywhere. Hmm. They're there for you. Interesting. So that was going to be my next question, which is as you get older and your body changes, right? Do those um, ones that that you've been using, does it change? Does it get added to? Do you subtract? I mean, how does that work as you you age? Because your body changes. So I like or I like people to come to me like a couple times in a row to learn the difference between a dried herb and a tincture and a powder and a root so they really understand. Then you check in like once or twice a year, Susan, and you say, oh, my gosh, in my 30s, I I didn't have joint pain. Oh, my gosh, I'm starting to get arthritis. Well, let let let's go quickly. Let's get something something inside of you. If you're like, oh, my gosh, you know, my eyesight is kind of going. I'm like, well, you know, go go get some glasses, go. Go get it checked out, but maybe we need some herbs um, that's going to help with your eyes, seasonal allergies. You can call me in the spring when they're terrible. But it's better to reach out to me in the winter saying, I know spring's around the corner. What can I take now? So preventatively, we want you by mm, 
certainly if, if the allergies are going to come really the end of April to May, I want you by March taking herbs. Uh-huh. I want you taking your freeze dried nettles in March, not waiting till you have an explosion of allergies. If you have fall allergies, they're, you know, right around the corner. I want in August, September that you're going to be taking your allergies for the fall. So once mm. you work with an herbalist, you learn how and when to take herbs. And certainly as you age, your herbal needs will change and morph. That's the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's how it all works, right? Sorry. I'm always whacking my hand on my desk. Um, (laughs) I don't suppose you can help with that, huh? Well, you can do a little Pilates maybe. And, you know, I I love Pilates. Body awareness, building up your strength. Your proprioception. Yeah. So see, herbalists always have great ideas. Oh, of course. How silly of me. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I think it, it's it's very important. I also think it's one of those things, and I will say this for myself as well, that I have looked at and said, oh, I need to go do that. Oh, I need to go do that. And then life intervenes and, you know, and then I have you on my show and I it's like, know. oh, I didn't go and do that, did I? Oh. Well, that's why these podcasts are around, Susan, to remind people, you know, they say in advertising, you have to hear something nine times before you really get understand the product. That's why these commercials repeat themselves. So the more I do podcasts and TV shows Mm -hmm. and remind people about plant-based medicine, because you said at the beginning of the show, this is not new knowledge. We just kind of lost it along the way. Then the more people hear about it and understand it and get that, get that desire to explore they really and again you know you don't even have to find five herbs you can find one essential oil you love and two herbs you love and you're good to go that's what I'm doing in my life and it will make a big difference people will see it and feel it all right it sounds sounds like a something we all need to to do absolutely absolutely yeah Okay, well, I think that's, um, unless you have anything else, any other gems of information that you want to tell us about, um, I will wrap up. I, I, I can I can conclude with saying that each person is unique and different. Um, my son's getting a PhD in physics, and he called me one day and said, Ma, do you know what the future of medicine is going to be? And I'm like, tell me. He goes, it's going to be individualized medicine. And I'm like, oh, well, that's what herbalists have been doing all along. So I think if any of your listeners want to take a plunge and work with an herbalist, yeah. you'll be really surprised because most of our training is is being a good active listener and really listening to what the person has to say. And, yeah. you know, even me as a consumer, when I go to the doctor, you know, like they sometimes listen. It depends on the doctor. It depends on how busy they are. But herbalists want to hear everything. And I think that every person is so individual and they really deserve to have that one-on-one experience with an herbalist. And if any of your listeners are on Instagram, um, it's Sarahana S S A R A C H A N A S. And I do little one minute clips on different herbs as they're growing. And, and you'll all of a sudden say, Oh my gosh, I, I never thought that I needed plantain tea. And then you're going to also be thinking as an individual, like as an herbalist, I want to think of you as an individual. 
But yeah. we also have to start thinking of ourselves as individual. Like, yeah. like you may not have a broken heart, Susan. You may not need rose tea, but your best friend might. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So oh, I, yeah. as an individual, I, I, I need nettles. I don't need rose. So the second we think of ourselves as part of the human race, of course, but as an individual, we'll also begin to know how to ask questions to our doctors. So when mm. clients come to me and they get that hour and a half consult, and I know they also need to see their practitioner, we kind of coach them on how to get the most out of your practitioner. You know, we know the practitioner has to write a lot of notes. There's a lot of malpractice. They get seven minutes. So what do you want to focus in? You can't tell them, unfortunately, your 10 complaints. They're not going to have time to do it. So maybe you need to pre-make three visits with the practitioner Mm -hmm. every six weeks apart and say, today, I want to work on my gout. What do you think about your gout? So they're going to mention a medicine. They're going to work with the herbalist. We're going to decide together. Maybe the next time they're going to say, let's work on, you know, I've been having back pain. So when you work with an herbalist, Susan, you really also know how to get the most out of Western allopathic doctors. Yeah, yeah. Which I think there are a lot of people who do need to be educated on that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Interesting. Okay. Well, with that, then I will wrap up and I will say thank you very much to Sarahana. And that um, my usual, which is that neither of us, and, and this doesn't, this always sounds so strange, especially when I do have doctors on, is that neither of us are doctors. <laughs> None of this should be taken as medical advice. So with that, I will. It's guidance. It's It's guidance. There you go. I love it. Okay. That's good. I like that. And with that, I will say, tell everybody that I will be seeing them next week. This has been Healthy Tips After 50 with Susan Rosen. To stay on the cutting edge of the most effective health strategies, subscribe to this podcast and let us know what you thought of the show with a comment or like on iTunes. Visit HealthyTipsAfter50.com for this episode's show notes, more resources, and free offers.